Come on, baby, let's go to town. It's Christmas time, I wear my brand new gown. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. And go with me. Come on, baby. When we get back, we'll light that Christmas tree. We got mistletoe and candy too. You're my Santa Claus, honey. I love you. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. And go with me. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on uh, WGN, and that's a hillbilly Christmas song, which only means that John Sauce is in the studio with his Christmas music. Thanks for joining us, John. Merry Christmas, Dave. Fourth year. Mm-hmm. Amazing. We've been doing this for four years. So. Talk about that song, and then uh, you know, tell the listeners how you got into collecting Christmas music. Well, that one, uh, I only heard that within the last month. It's uh, from 1956. It's a woman named Sandy Center um, with the Rainbow Rhythm Airs called Come On Baby, It's Christmas. It's got a really great feel to it. I think it was written perhaps by her mom. And... Um, it uh, it's something that I found. There's there's a guy who's who's a lot more extreme about his Christmas music love than me. Oh. Who has a website called Hip Christmas, and um, every year he releases a list of everything that came out. So I found uh, that song on a hillbilly compilation, a thirty song hillbilly compilation that was an import from either Germany or maybe the UK. And I'd never heard it before. I've never seen it. I don't have a physical record, but it's something I'd love to have, and it's it's got a great sound. And how long have you been doing this? How long have you been collecting Christmas? I started when I was in college, um, probably, um, I was probably 19 or 20. You know, other kids were doing different things. I was collecting Christmas music. And so how many years is that now, then? <laughs> Well, the math on that, yeah. Dave, it's been a long time. Let's just say it's been uh, it's been decades. <laughs> and you do it, you've been on the show before, you do it uh, all year round, or is there, I mean, you do it in July? Well, what... You're searching all the time? If I'm at a flea market or an antique mall, or if I'm ever out of town and there's a record store that sells vinyl, um, or if I'm in town and I'm at a store, sometimes they don't, they put it away. They hide it in the basement yeah, most right. of the year, but um, I will pay attention because it's it's you just never know when you're going to find something. Do you have friends who look out uh, for Christmas uh, records for you? Besides you, <laughs> um, you've you've tried very hard over the years to find rare, weird things, and in, in including the one you just gave me, uh, an old '78 on Mercury by Two Ton Baker. Which I'll have to listen to later. He was, I think he was Chicago based. I was telling you during the break, Jim Dickinson down in Memphis, the late Jim Dickinson, he spent a lot of his youth in Chicago and he would listen to him on the radio. And I think Two Ton Baker might have had a music show or something, but uh, he well, was all, uh, Dickinson would always say, find some Two Ton Baker stuff for me. So this yeah. is in good shape. And wasn't Mercury Records in Chicago? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that makes probably, sense. That's probably how it happened. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, Handicap. What's going on in um, holiday music this year? Some of the some of the new records you and I were talking. You know, Mavericks, uh, Rodney Crowell. I haven't listened to them, but well, according to Rolling Stone magazine, there were over six hundred new Christmas songs released this year. That's high, right? It seems high to me. Um, it, but the the volume of Christmas music that's out there in the marketplace, whether it's e- 
readily available or things that are obscure is just I, I can't believe that I've been collecting this long and I still find things like that Sandy Center record we just listened to. For both you guys, for Tracy, um, that's a high number of Christmas songs. Do you think, and we we talked about this maybe last year, John, but do you think it's about the times uh, we're living in right now? That kind of, kind of, we need to pick me up? Well, I, you know, I, I would like Hanukkah songs to pick up a little bit, yeah. but I might have a stump for you. Um, a few years ago, I produced a movie called Scrooge and Marley. It's a gay Christmas film, and we put out this beautiful soundtrack. I'm going to have to get you if you don't have it. Um, Becca Kaufman has this um, incredible song that Richard Knight Jr. wrote. Um, oh. It's a fantastic 20-song um, CD of all Christmas songs, some of them original for the movie, mm-hmm. and the movie itself has them. Uh, some of those songs being sung live. So I'm going to get you that. My partner hates Christmas music. But every time I put on that one, it kind of soothes her because it's not a lot of the schmaltzy stuff. It's it's just beautifully well written stuff. Well, the the the, the whole idea of, of a well written Christmas song it it it's been proven again that it can happen this year. You know, J D. McPherson. I've heard good things about that record. That is a yeah. really great record. It's 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 the compositions are all really tight, really clever. Everything hits the meter. The songs are fun. And it's all, I think it's all originals. Um, that's, that. you know, the, if you had to look at the 600 songs that came out, and you didn't want to slog through all of them, because probably most of them are terrible, J.D. McPherson's probably one you want to listen I to. I have in my notes somewhere here, you you said you listened to some of them, you said that some of them are pretty good, but you could only listen to them once or twice. Why Why do you say that? Well, like the Ma- I haven't listened to the Mavericks, but I can't imagine it would be. Uh, the Mavericks are pretty up tempo and, and and happy music. Yeah, I I just I'm really not interested in what the Mavericks have to say about Christmas. <laughs> I just it doesn't, and that's just me. Uh, they have a big fan base, and I'm sure people like that. Um, but uh, the the thing about Christmas, we've talked about this before, is is you could you could sit, listen to. A thousand or maybe ten thousand Christmas songs, and maybe one or five would be really great enough to where you'd want to listen to it. I think every year. That's that's kind of how I look at it. Is you have to slog through some terrible stuff to get to the good stuff. Now I don't listen to a lot of. Uh, I haven't listened to a lot of Christmas music because I find it very depressing to sit in my house and listen to Christmas music alone. <laughs> with your aluminum, <laughs> yeah, with my tree? aluminum Christmas. Tree. Yeah, it's a very. But um, I. Uh, I heard the Rodney Crown. People have told me the Rodney Crown. Again, I haven't listened to it. They said it's kind of depressing. They're ballads. Now, they're all original, right? I think that they're all original, and um, I think that maybe you're you're looking at uh, the Rodney Crown thing, and you're thinking it's depressing because of song titles like Christmas Makes Me Sad, <laughs> or Merry Christmas from an Empty Bed. Really? Or let's skip Christmas this year. Those are some of the, believe it or not, those are some of the song titles. And now the thing about Rodney, though, to now, be you, you've listened to this, right? I have. Are those are the songs as bad as the titles? Well, I mean, sad. You know, I mean, not bad, but I, I believe that he is one of the best songwriters right. that. Uh, even at this point in his career, he, the guy, he's not capable of writing a bad song. Uh-huh. So the songs themselves are really first rate. Uh, and there there are people who have a really hard time during Christmas. It's right. just it's just a fact. And, and I'm, I, I think some of the stuff that he's written 
may be first person, maybe it's just he does write about characters. You know, that's a big part of how he writes is about other people's point of view. So, With something like that, is it... Um and maybe you do this. Do you listen? I mean, there's is there Christmas music you can listen to all year round? No, really. No, I uh, when it gets down to me, I can't even. Other than sort of testing out songs to see if I like them, I won't deliberately listen to anything until right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. We've talked and, about that. And then within a few days after Christmas, I put it all back into the closet and the shelf, and I don't. I'm kind of done with it. It's that's part of how it works for me is that it's a seasonal thing. You know, it's special. It's a special thing that I do once a year. You know, you don't even like maybe once in June just no. pull out one Christmas. No, just not be, for just pleasure. To be naughty. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> very, very a lot of self control. <laughs> yeah. um, let's do some stuff about. Uh, are you spinning anywhere this year? Every year you're on the show, you might people might be able to hear you DJ some Christmas stuff. Are you doing any of that? This I, year? you know, I might, I might do something on uh, the twentieth at up at Electric Jungle which is John Seba's new oh, shop yeah. in Rogers Park. It's a, it's a great record store. It's 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 only been open for know, less than half a year. Um but my pal Andy Serzan, who is a, a renowned uh Christmas record enthusiast, um also known as a Christmas a Christmatologist. <laughs> That's what John Langford calls us. Yes. But Andy's spinning that night and I might come up in in uh spin some songs beforehand and then you made uh this will be great we'll put it on the nocturnal journal facebook page <clears throat> which i never plug enough but you did make a, a playlist right talk about what's on that well i um i sent you two things one of which was several years ago uh entertainment weekly um uh, got a hold of me through a documentary filmmaker oh, yeah. and i made something for them I think it's 10 or 12 songs, and it's terrific. And I sent you that. It's on SoundCloud. But a lot of those songs aren't even... You can't find those on Spotify or iTunes. So the SoundCloud thing is the best way to hear those. And then I made one for for this year for Spotify. Um, Chuck Sudo asked me if I could give him a playlist for some reason. And I just made one of a bunch of my favorite songs. So we'll be able to list, uh, link up our listeners to, yeah. to that Great. Uh, when this gets up. So I'm going to call an audible. I wasn't going to do this, and now I am going to do it. Um, I feel we have to weigh in on it. I, thought, I do think it's a tired subject, but what you, both of your, your take on the baby it's cold outside uh, thing. You and I have talked about that all week on and off. Yeah. You have an interesting... A point about it not really being a holiday song no it's not a christmas song and um it it's the song was originally uh what was called a parlor song right this this song the songwriter from the 40s and his wife would would perform it at parties in hollywood and it was apparently a smash they were they would be the last people to do the song and part of the reason they were the last is because the the part of the message in the song was it's time to go the party's over right so then the party would be over after they sang their song and a, a few years after that it became so popular at parties that the the songwriter who was the husband sold it to mgm films and it, it ended up in that movie uh neptune's dream or something like that but the interesting thing about it is that the the the, the all the press is about the Ricardo Montalban version, where he's trying to seduce the the, the female character. But later in the film, they re- reverse the roles, and a, a different woman character in the film tries to seduce Red Skelton. 
<laughs> which in itself is absurd. Um, but they they reversed the roles and Red he sang the the parts of the verse that were about the person wanting to leave and she was trying to get him to stay in her apartment. Uh, I want Tracy to comment on it, but my, you know we've been talking about it all week, and I, I there's a lot of important things in this in this world to talk about besides that song. But what's your what's your take on? It? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty uncomfortable with the song. Um, being a survivor of of uh, violence, sexual violence myself, but I do understand how people can say it's just it's an interpretation thing. I interpret it one way, especially about the drugging the drink um, part of it, if, that it feels like that, right? But you know, I, I absolutely understand that um, some people don't see it that way. People should listen to what they want, but I also believe if a radio station wants to not run it, there's, as John knows, thousands of other songs to pick. So it shouldn't certainly shouldn't rise to the level of scandal that a place decides not to play it. Well, the radio station part, though, the interesting thing about that to me is, is two things. One is that these radio stations are all owned by huge corporations. Right. So they're telling us what we can and can't listen to. Yeah. That's one thing. That's aside from the topic of the song or the content, yeah. right? But so that's one thing. But the second thing is there were some listeners who complained, so they pulled it. Yeah, right. And then, and then a couple of them actually had a listener poll, like, please tell us what you think about this. And overwhelmingly, I think in one case, 95% of the people who, who voted wanted to hear the song yeah. again. It's, it's just nuts. It's like, uh, we got to take a break here, but it's uh, first time ever three versions of that song are in the t- Billboard's <laughs> top 50. You know, it's, done, it's done great things for that song. Um, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with your Christmas song. I'm All so right. excited about about this, so don't go away on Nocturnal Journal. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. That's a great song, John. When did you write that? Yeah, <laughs> nobody knows I wrote that one. That's called Jingle Bells. Well, yeah, we're working out on that. Um, but talk about that. That was one of your finds. So talk about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, our mutual friend Joe Brill. Oh, Joe. Uh, he sent me. Uh, he sent me some kind of message, uh, and it was a photograph of something that was on sale at Dusty Groove Records. So. Of course, the next day I went to Dusty Groove and I found that record. It's a different record. It's a that's a gospel record from some high school in Ohio or something. But I was going through the stuff and I I asked the clerk if I could listen to a few things on the with the headphones on, and um, I found this thing called uh, it's a it's a collection of Mexican Christmas records, probably from the 1960s, and um, those are hit and miss because. They're they're not sung in English, and most of them are, are are not recognizable as Christmas songs. But there were three, I should say, there were two that were specifically you could tell it was a Christmas song, and that was one of them. And I, I'd never get tired of Jingle Bells because there's so many great versions. That's I've never heard that one until a month ago, and the beauty of it is that it it that song. You can hear that in any genre, jazz, country, pop, whatever, but even uh, for a Mexican band to put it together and to make it, it it's a polka style, so it's yeah. it's like that whole Mexican, German polka, uh, you know, that whole, the accordion and everything. It's a melding of cultures that are bringing jingle bells to light in a different way. Yeah, right. Do you have other favorite songs? I mean, mine's probably still uh, well, Feliz Navidad. 
I, mm-hmm. I, it's always a good call for me and all that. Spe- but do you have a favorite other ones besides Jingle Bells? You know, I I tried to put my favorites in that SoundCloud mix that oh, I gave you okay. because uh, there are so many that I really like a lot, but that SoundCloud thing narrowed it down to 10 or 12 songs that I, um, if I just had to listen to those every Christmas time, I, I could do that every year. When you're out crate digging, when you're out looking for stuff, what's your? do you have a checklist? What's your characteristics? What are you looking for? What makes you want to make the purchase? And then what makes you walk away? Well, it's usually song. It's usually the song title that draws me in because most art, most artists would put out standards, and I don't really need to hear, you know, Vic Damone doing "I'll Be Home for Christmas." Uh-huh. It doesn't, you know, it's, it doesn't even matter anymore. But if like that song we played first, it's called "Come On, Baby, It's Christmas," and I've never seen that title before. So that to me is like a reason to give it a chance because it's different. And it's not the same old, same old, same old yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the era um, of uh, a lot of those. I remember my dad's. I don't know how he got them. Schlepping home those Goodyear Firestone Christmas records. Oh yeah. You know, they had all the, and they had people like Vic Damone. I think maybe Barbara Streisand. You know, people them. still like those because, yeah. like, one of my oldest friend's wife uh, has all those. I think, and um, that's a lot of nostalgia because she she didn't buy those records. Her parents probably did, and in the sixties or seventies, that was around the house every year. And so you can kind of relive that time in your life by putting on those records again. So I'm gonna still talk about your song. Um, and again, I want to go into the characteristics of what makes uh, a good Christmas song, and maybe you could balance lyrics with music. I mean, maybe it's different things for different songs. Yours is called Whiskey for Presents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, like, I, I will say that I did not, I did not, I made up everything in the song in terms of, of the the verses and the chorus and everything else. But this is a very old story. It's an old family story. Uh, Ukrainians um, used to go out on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and they'd go house to house. They had this somewhat uh, dramatic thing where they, a group of them would go around house to house dressed as characters, and they'd um, sing carols. But my grandfather and his friends... Uh, did the same thing when they came to the U.S. in their tiny little rural town of Pennsylvania. And no one, uh, if you went house to house, no one had anything to give you. They couldn't give you, you know, a, a gift or or f- fruit or anything. But they all had booze. So they would give them a shot of booze before they left. So the guys would come, they'd sing a song or two, they'd get a shot of booze, and then they'd go to the next house. Wow. So that's what the song is all about. And uh, so continue the story. When you wrote it a couple... You, is this the first song you've ever... I've known you forever. I didn't know you wrote songs. I have. And yeah. this is one that my my very um, elderly uh, aunt and uncle, uh, my dad's sister and brother, have told the story about this uh, over the years. And I decided, you know, like a lot of things, if no one carries on the story, the story kind of just dies. So I thought, well, if I write it down, then it'll have some life. And um, and I gave it to John, John Langford. Langford. I didn't know what to do with it, so I sent it to John, and he recorded it uh, in his little home studio, and he brought it to life, to completely and to life. Is it on your? Is it on the SoundCloud playlist? Or, it you, is. You've kind of kept it on the down low, 
which I think where it will remain. But maybe we can get it on the on the on the Facebook page, and people can listen to it. That might work with the Nocturnal Journal Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. okay. So give us how people can find your list. What's it's called? The playlist. Uh, All right on Spotify. Spotify. Okay. It's um, it's called Adventures in Carols. So you'd have to go to Spotify and look me up, John Sauce S O S S. Okay. And it's a public playlist, and it's got um, it's got a whole variety of things that I like. I could listen to it on any any given night during the Christmas season and not want to skip past a song. It's it's just it's, it's a wide variety of things. It's fun. It makes you feel good. You could listen to it while you're trimming your tree. Well, thanks uh, again for your generosity and coming down. Mm-hmm. And you should hang around at least for the first song. It's going to be a Christmas song from the Chicago Soul Reader. Great. And you'll have to come back next year and talk about your art show. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Don't offer me presents. I won't take a gift. No fruitcake, my friend. That's not what I wish. But I wouldn't say no if you poured me a glass of the whiskey you keep stored away in your flask. Give me whiskey for presents, give whiskey for songs. I'll sing just one more, then I'll move along. These songs that I sing are from the old country. I carry them here from across the sea.